Hello and welcome into the SoRare Data Football Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined as always by Sean Newsham, PSU fans too on SoRare today to talk about the SoRare Global Cup 2022. Sean, I'm going to call you out immediately here that you didn't expect people to be this excited about this game. Okay. Did you call yourself out as well? I did privately before we started. And so... Then I, I can do it now publicly to you. But I, I will say that I guess I shouldn't be overly surprised because like these types of games, like the FIFA World Cup game is like really popular and people kind of like playing it. It's just like something different. And given that so rare is giving away like prizes that frankly I thought are better than at least on the top end are better than what I expected. People are like really excited and everyone posting their lineups are like, this is what I'm, this is where I'm starting. This is what I'm doing. And I'm like, nobody knows how to win a tournament like this. And so that's why we needed to talk about it. I mean, I feel pretty confident. I know how to win a tournament like this. It's just a matter of like, so I, I think part of the excitement that people, part of the reason people are excited is they don't understand how impossible it is to win like like i someone made a good comment i think it's probably pretty accurate if you haven't set your lineup already you can't win unless you do some weird stuff right because like if if you are if there's gonna be ties like people are i was gonna say given that the tiebreaker was like earliest yeah. entry then that doesn't help yes given that like the tiebreaker is first person to like lock in their lineup if you haven't already said it and there's 157 entrants how many how many thousand people do you think are gonna get there's 157 thousand right now how many how big do you think we're gonna get i think that we've seen the biggest spike so like yeah, i'm not sure, sure they get to like half it's going them. slowly from here just like is it gonna get to like is it gonna get to like 300 I was going to say 250 might be ambitious. Okay. So, so anyways, like 250,000 people and you're looking at the same groups of people for the most part, like people are going to be playing a lot of the same guys. Right. I actually have what I think is the best strategy. I'm not doing it, but I think it's the best strategy because I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying a different uh, approach to things. I'm curious. I'm curious what your approach is because you haven't told me what yours is, so I don't know what your your thought process is going to be. But like I said, like I'm pretty confident. I know how someone's going to win this. I just don't know the, the actual like pieces of how that person's going to win it could be a, a differential. Because like there is one strategy that I am very convinced is very bad, and I saw many people doing this strategy. So actually, I would say a majority of people were like, they're like, oh, this is my lineup. Like if our if Harry trades here, Harry, are you here? Um, if, if Harry's here, he showed me his lineup and I basically told him he's a moron. Cause not like you're just you not going to win it. It was, one of those, it was one of those spots Laird where he had five guys and I had five guys and like he had his bench and, and he had, and I had my bench and I was clearly better in four of the five starting spots and the other starting spot we were tied in. His bench was better Laird, but I mean, which we'll no, I, I think the, so I want to be clear before we like really jump into this, that what we're not going to do here on this show is talk about like specific players and like why like this one guy is good for match week, match day one, and why you should have this guy on your bench because like we're not, it's not like a player pick show. Like we're actually going to talk about like the strategies of winning large field tournaments like this. Like 
both of us come from a background where we've competed in competitions like this. And so this is very, very different than what we usually see with so rare. Like these are not normal so rare competitions. And there's the game theory behind this, this is much different than everything else that we know from so rare. And so if you're here for like a list of players, like it's, it's probably, we'll, we'll mention guys sure left and right, but like, we're not going to be like, here's the optimal lineup and why, Yeah. I mean, frankly, if we had an optimal lineup, we'd be like, this is why you don't play it. Correct. I will say one of the really interesting wrinkles with this, with the way they set it up, and I think it's the right way to do it, but if you win, like literally win the whole thing, you win everything. Like every private league you're in, like yeah. you win it all. By the and way, if there are good private leagues that people know about, let me know so I can enter them, please. Nellis has a really good one, I know. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm in the Nellis one right now. Let's see. I, well, so, so here's the thing too, though. I will say I don't feel that bad entering most of the leagues that I have entered thus far because I am friends or friendly or talk to significant amount of these people. Um, so like current ones I'm in is th that are public that are like the ones that people have seen and know about is, yeah. uh, and, and they, these people want people in them. So like it, it helps anyways in that perspective. Um, I am in John Nellis's. I'm friends with John. I've talked to John. I've been on a trip with John. So like I, that makes sense. I am in it's Haber's. I, I'm good friends with Haber. I talk to Haber frequently. Um, yep. I'm in his. I am in Harry Trades. Again, talk to Harry all the time, so I don't feel bad being in that. Um, and I am in Tony Watts. Again, talk to Tony pretty frequently. We have our nice little rivalry going with um, me being an elite goaltender and him not being able to score on me. Uh, so, like, those are the four that I'm in. I know McBride posted one. I don't remember the, the ID for it, so I'll probably join that one. Again, I'm, I talk to McBride on occasion. Uh, maybe not as friendly with him as I am with other people. Like I talk to these other guys quite a bit. So like, I don't have that. I don't really feel that now. Now that said, I'm going to enter every private league I see where they're giving away prize pools that are like uh, interesting to me because like you said, if you win one thing and you, like if I, if you win the overall tournament, right. You're going to win every private league. There's Whatever. no way you're not going to win every private league. So you could just rake up on, on prizes, which is, Good and bad. Like, it's a bit unfortunate. Like, realistically, someone's going to probably win that knows what they're doing. And then we'll talk about it. There's one reason why, like, you can't really give a clear-cut path to why stuff is going to play out the way it is in this, which we'll talk about. Uh, there, there's one key aspect of this that it's just a huge variance fest that's going to be important to, to dictating, like, how someone can win and how someone will will not win. So we'll get to that when we get a little bit more in depth. But yeah, if anyone has any good private leagues, please let me know. Um, I'd love to join them all. Why did you say you don't feel bad? Like, why would you feel bad entering a private league? I, oh, I don't feel bad. And I would feel bad entering a private. Okay, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. I don't feel bad at all. If someone's <laughs> putting out a private league that is public that they want people to be in and they're giving mm -hmm. away prizes for, I don't feel bad at all. But like I would not winning literally everything and being like, I won this prize, this prize, this prize, this prize, and winning every prize out there, like the top prize for everyone. 
I would feel a bit bad for, but um, it's more so like that's the way that it's set up is to do that. And like, I'm not going to win. Like, I'm not going to be a person that wins. Like, it's someone's going to win. It's probably not going to be me. You know why? Because there's 150,000 people. Yeah. Like, winning this would be the equivalent, in my opinion, of winning a, a, the limit or the weekly common whatever it's called now. Right. Yeah. Like that's like casually yeah. of this is it's probably bigger. Like it's more difficult to do win this than it is to win that. Um, so like, you're not going to win. Like I've never, I've entered common lineups a good amount of the time, not every week. Like I, I've done it a good amount of time. Quinny, do you have a private league that you're giving away cool prizes for? If so, please let me know the code so I can enter. Um, since Quinny has just popped into the chat uh, as well. Uh, and Rascal, I've seen your comments and we will get to them later. Uh, there's a reason why I have not acknowledged them yet because they'll, they'll come up later. But so um, for, this, for this current game week that we're in, the, the seven week long game week that yes. just leads to more frustration, the, there are 98,000 in the comment in the casual league. Yeah. So like we're going to be two to three X. Uh, okay. So Quinny is releasing his private league today ish. So once Quinny enters that, I will also enter Quinny's private league and any other private league that I see that has prizes that are worth uh, me going for. I'm yeah. not entering everyone because like there's some where I'm like, I want someone else to win this. Like there's one out there that I saw that I'm would rather finish fourth than first, second, or third. That's I know which one. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, I don't. Okay. I haven't really paid attention much to the prizes. It was more like, the people I know that they're like, hey, I have a private league, enter. And I'm like, okay, quick. And then I'm in. Like, Yeah, it is nice. I will say it's pretty convenient, right? Like, it's really simple. All I have to do is enter that league and I'm done. I don't have to do anything right. else, which is awesome. Like, that's that's good. What, what I think is kind of – it's just kind of unfortunate because, like, everyone's entering the same thing. Like, I'm sure, like, right. it's probably good for people like Nellis and all these guys that we're talking about that, like, they're going to – it's going to look to Sower like they have – a massive amount of people in the leagues but like everybody has the same amount like do you, here's a random random number for how many people are in the Nellis private league right now without looking a thousand almost 10 wow almost 10,000 so like it, it's a thing where like people are doing the same thing that we're doing also I'm gonna put layered on the spot here for you guys when sober data World Cup League. On the spot, guys. Look at this. Speechless. I got nothing on it. I don't know if we're doing one. Wow, guys. Wow. Look at this. It's out of my out of my uh out of my realm of expertise there. So. Maybe, maybe Maxime will pop in. I know he is occasionally pops into our streams and we can put Maxime on the spot. I will say the one thing Maxime really loves to do is setting up additional competitions. Absolutely loves it. I, I definitely know. But this one's simple. This one is really it's true. Easy. It it is simple until it's oh now we have to go get prizes oh and now the prize have to just be distributed oh we're not the ones who distribute the prizes no 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 but that's not how you do it Laird you now have the ability to give people free memberships so you have the oh, ability to comp memberships yeah we'll see we'll see okay guys like you you see it here first like Laird's dodging the question I didn't dodge anything I said I, we don't have one that was the answer. Guys. <laughs> given the prizes that are available in lots of others i'm not sure no whatever anyway 
What Looking about down here? Our... I actually didn't even enter John's yet. What? You didn't enter John's yet? Not yet. Wow. Now you're see. listening. Look at this. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, you got like you could give away one hour free conversation time with Laird. <laughs> who wouldn't? Who doesn't want yeah. to for an hour? Yeah, we'll get twenty thousand people into that one for exactly. sure. Exactly. Like you're, you're a selling point, Laird. Sure, sure. I will say that the it doesn't. I, I don't know how it, how it would work if you were able to set up like different lineups for different competitions, but it is kind of interesting that if you are trying to win the whole thing. It's probably a suboptimal strategy than trying to beat like your, t like if 10 of your friends are in a league and you're like, Oh, winner, you know, some sort of like, we'll put money in a pot and whoever wins gets it. Like the lineup to beat 10 people is probably I, much different than the lineup to beat 250,000. So I actually have, I actually think the strategy is the same. It's just like, if you're in a league with 10 people and like only two people do the strategy, like one of those two are most likely going to win. Unless obviously injuries happen, which you can't control. But like the strategy is realistically, I think the same, just obviously a 10 man league is a lot easier to win than a 150,000 person league. Okay. I'd like to, well, let's get into it because I'd like to hear why you think they're basically the same. Like, I don't think you have to, like, I think the biggest point in terms of like winning the entire thing is that you probably have to be riskier than most people are being. And when I mean riskier, I just mean not trying to jam in Messi, Kimmich or Messi, De Bruyne and whatever, whoever else. Like, I think you have to be a little more creative and I don't necessarily think you need to be that creative when it comes to just beating 10 of your friends. So I'm gonna put Harry Trades on the spot since we're gonna going. I, he's not here. Let me let me message him so I can let let him know that, that I'm calling him out. Um, one second. All right, I just messaged him to let him know that I'm I'm calling him out. So basically, Harry shows me this lineup that is like he's he's responding to me right now. He he was at the gym. Harry's out there doing physical activity. Um, so good for him. I mean, I don't, I don't really partake in that stuff. Uh, I frequently, Laird, I know you do, but you, you do it at different times. Um, uh, but like the strategy in this competition is he actually thinks I'm calling him out for another thing that I'm actually calling him out for. So, uh, that's pretty funny. That so is kind of funny. The strategy in this thing is your bench does not matter. People are spending on the bench to make their reserves as good as possible. Your reserves are not scoring you points. I actually, here's, here is a not hot take. It's, it's like a super cold, like this is what they should have done take. But the tiebreaker should have been points on bench. Yeah. Like your tiebreaker should have been points on bench. Uh, but it's not. So, like, your bench does not matter at all. Like, yes, you want to obviously play someone on your bench if you need to. But realistically speaking, you're going to need to play top-end guys and just completely blow your bench up and have nothing valid on your bench. Uh, and the, the issue with that is that the top guys are going to score like the top guys more than likely. 
and the bench guys, like any relatively reasonable bench guy is like, I don't know, eight to ten dollars on on the game. Do you wanna do you wanna show the uh the game laird or the sure. the stuff? Uh so it's a situation where like people are just playing bench guys and they're like, oh, I spent like $25 on this, these three guys that are my backups. Why? It doesn't matter. The biggest variance fest in this competition is you win players as you go from my understanding of things. And this is perfect because Laird hasn't done, but you win players as you go that can improve your team. Is that, is that how you've read everything? Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of confusion because of like the introductory budget that you were like, oh, I have to stay within the budget, but the budget is only to draft. Correct. So like theoretically, if you start with five guys who play and three guys who don't, then after the first match week, match day, excuse me, you should have six guys who play. Correct. So the key, so, so yeah, Harry sends me a lineup. This dude's playing Raheem Sterling Laird. I mean, we're just talking from like an optimal standpoint. He's like playing like Raheem Sterling and Killian Mbappe. And I'm just like, okay. And this isn't like, look, this isn't like bad. So this, this is Harry. So like, I'm also, yeah. So, so Tuggy just told Harry that I was clowning Wales. It's also true. Wales is going to go out in group stage uh, with England probably. Uh, but anyways, he's playing Raheem Sterling. Oh, now he's not. Apparently he wised up. But like, he's playing like Raheem Sterling and killing Mbappe. So like, he's effectively paying the issue. Mbappe is probably one of the worst guys you can play because people are going to play Mbappe because he's like the sexy guy, despite the fact that like, he's not the best for France. Like Griezmann's the better player for France historically. Like, obviously like that could change, but like Griezmann takes penalties. Griezmann takes sets. Like Mbappe is on, it's basically like Mbappe is on a worse team than he's at, at PSG because like the level of difference that they will be comparatively here to what like PSG is week in, week out is not that good. And then also like Griezmann takes PKs and Mbappe generally takes PKs for, for PSG. So like there's some big, big differentials. So anyways, the part that I said, so like Harry's out there just like bringing in all these dudes and I'm like, that's just not going to cut it. Like, He's like, well, Raheem Sterling scored a goal in the last World Cup because he has nudes on Gareth Southgate. I'm like, well, that's great. Raheem Sterling probably scores and puts up like 62. Uh, 62 ain't going to cut it here. Just going to say that. So, like, in order to win, you need you need hundreds. Or you need, like, massive scores, right, Laird? Like, you're not going to get a 55 from, like, Mbappe and be like, all right, I'm making plays up the leaderboard. You're like, no, I lose. So – the part that of this whole thing that makes it so like, I can't tell you who's going to win is the variance in the whole situation. Sure. Because if you're giving away cards that you can then use going forward in this competition, I can't control what cards I win. So if I, let's say I go Mbappe and Benzema to start, and then you give me a Neymar. Yeah. Well, then I can't use one of those. You can't use guys. one of them, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm capped out two forwards. So, like, the lineup is basically set up that it's going to depend what player you get in rewards in comparison to the rest of your lineup. Because 
if you have two forwards and you get a forward, that doesn't help very much. If you get two mids and you get a mid, it doesn't help very much. Whereas if you play a mid and then you win a mid, like let's say you have two forwards and one mid and then you win a mid and that mid, like let's say you win Kimmich and you didn't play Kimmich. That's huge because that gives you another option to use going forward that you didn't have. And so that's where the whole variance thing comes into and, and how that is the only thing that realistically is going to matter. It would be nice if they let you pick, right? It'd be pretty cool if you, you get a tier zero and you get to pick which tier zero you get. Like, let's say you have Neymar and you win Neymar. Well, who cares? Unless I can play Neymar twice, like, it doesn't matter at all. And even if I can play Neymar twice, like, who cares? Um, and then, so, Abracabra just said in chat, and this is one of the things that is uh, plays in the variance fest. Uh, third game, stars could get a rest if they've qualified. So, like, if you by Neymar and they're qualified going into game three and won their group and everything's clinched. He might not play Well, you don't have a backup for him. And it's not worth like buying like a backup forward. That's like $12. That's going to play. Cause you probably are just going to lose in that situation anyway. So you basically just got to shoot for the moon, hope that you get some variants where you bring in some people that were like possibly help. Um, and then, that's so it is. So like the current iteration of my lineup that I have, I had eight guys. I have three bench players that cost the stone minimum I could get for all of them, except for one. I had $1 that I could buy up from one. But I have seven people that I believe will start of those eight. So in theory, I have a bit of coverage in, what am I calling it then, Quinny? Quinny just said, stop, stop saying dollar. Neither points. Oh, am I calling them points or like diamonds or like shiny thingies? I think it's points, not dollars. Points, all right. Well, so if I have if I have like I have the bare minimum amount of points that I'm spending. Um, but also like that goes into part of the discussion too, is based on the fact that you can win cards going forward, what you do week one matters because it all snowballs. The better you do week one, the better rewards you get, the better you can do yep. going forward. But the way that things are set up is no matter what, if you are doing things correctly you're going to have either a mid and a defender, a mid and a forward, or a mid, a forward and a defender. You're going to have two bad spots out of those three positions that are like just turd bags that you don't really want to use. And you really need to win a reward from one of those positions to help you going forward uh, for depth. Similarly, like if you get a goalie, that is another guy that will advance. That's also helpful. Uh, the, the key is just not getting duplicates or guys that you just realistically can't use, which again goes to the point, like, I don't really know how they're going to give out rewards for this, but like, let's say if you win a tier zero and like you win the top tier zero and you're guaranteed to get one of these forwards that are the most points. Well, then that would probably make it make more sense to get to or buy two mids instead at the beginning because you're less likely to win a mid at the top and you are to get a forward. Are you thinking that could be in play? I don't think there's any reason to think about how they're distributing rewards. The only thing I really, really hope they do is somehow ensure that you don't get a duplicate because there is just like, it, it's a completely worthless reward. Like obviously they're, right. they're all commons in this place case, but like, Having two Neymars is like it kills you. It's just it's not. It's not a win. Correct, and that's why. But like in in reality here, Laird, they should have let you pick. Right? If you want to, if you want a tier zero, in my opinion, you should be able to pick any card that you of period. If you win a tier one, you should be able to pick any card like 
17 points and below. If you win like a tier two, you get like 13 and below, tier four, nine and below. Because then you can actually pick someone that fits into your strategy. Like I said, the fact that they're giving a, a, a reward that we don't know how they're giving it, but like if you have Neymar and Mbappe and win Benzema, that doesn't help you at all. Whereas if you have Mbappe and Neymar and you win a Kimmich and you don't have a Kimmich and you have a, like De Bruyne and some loser, that is a massive advantage going forward for you. Yeah, so I will say that the NBA game has shown that they have, at least part of SoRare has the ability to like allow you to pick certain things. Like they they do a daily drop uh, for common cards where they give you like five choices and they're like, pick one and okay. you get that. And they also do every 24 hours, you can like swap a common for another common. So like, if you're somebody who plays NBA, you know that this technology exists in the universe, whether it exists on the football side, Correct. I have no idea. I will say though, that the, you know, like if you have Neymar and Benzema and you win Messi, like it's worthless. It's not really only because of what we said earlier, that it's possible right. that like Neymar and Benzema sit in the third game and Argentina right. need to win. And so Messi plays. And so you have like, you still have a guy. It, it's obviously not ideal. Correct. But it does, it's not completely worthless there um no no it's it's helpful it's just not as helpful as if you win a Kimmich and you don't own a Kimmich yes. and you have De Bruyne and a zero yes. like it is still helpful just way less helpful that's exactly the scenario. yeah so the one thing I want to get into is like contrarian builds because I feel like sometimes people are like you got to get different to win a competition like this and then they go like way overboard so Chris Holt in chat here says that the teams with the best first game are Argentina, France, Spain, and England. England's not one of those teams. Agreed. If that's the case, I think Portugal's actually in that group, not yeah. England. But if that's the case, do you avoid those teams to try to get different? Or is that one of those, like, that's actually going too different, that it becomes suboptimal? Um, I think... Personally, the differentials. So here's the strategy, Larry. This is my hot take, and we'll see if you agree with this. And I'm not doing this strategy, just just so everyone is clear. I'm not doing this, but I think this is the best strategy. Okay. The best strategy is paying up at goaltender because that is not what people are going to do. And that is where you differentiate yourself. And at defender. The forwards, there are... In my opinion, the, the forward pool is like five guys deep. And in my opinion, the midfield is like five guys deep. The defense and goalie is where like you can be a bit different with things. Because like, for example, I think a lot of people, let's hypothetically say Bijlow is announced as the Netherlands goaltender. Because I think he's probably the goaltender. I'm just not positive, right? A lot of people are going to have beach low or leave a coke. It's just, that's what people are probably going to do because it frees up the most salary to use in the more important positions. Yep. If you buy, let's say Allison or Larice, like no one is buying, no one is playing Larice with their points realistically. So like, let's say Larice just goes on a streak where like France doesn't concede in the entire world cup and you have Larice 
it could be a differential where it's really helpful. But the diff the issue is if you're doing that, you likely have to take a cheaper midfielder yep. than some of the top guys. But I think it is viable to do at the midfielder. But like like forwards, like if you go to the forward pool, Laird, like it's very difficult for me to envision like Messi not being one of the top couple forwards in the first in the group stage. Like obviously they could they could get eliminated. That's another part of the, the equation that I don't think people are gonna get. After the group stage, you can bring in 50 points worth of reinforcements, is what we've been told. Whether or not it's one per position or whether or not it's like you can just pick where you want people to do, uh, we don't know. So like that's part of the problem. Is like we're going into this game without knowing how things are gonna play out as as we go. Um, but like if you buy a if the more people you effectively carry into the group stages or outside of the group stages means the more you can hypothetically bring in after the group stage. So like, let's say I carry like my five key guys through the group stage. They all go through into the knockouts, right? Yep. Well, then I maybe can bring in two absolute monsters in the next round to, uh, to help bolster my thing. And then eventually what you're going to want to do is you're going to need to to dictate like okay this is how I've I already looked at it some like even like just out of the group like if you are in group A so for example like Netherlands if you want Netherlands guys they are going to if they get out of the group which I mean that this part doesn't matter but like if they get out of the group the only people that they can play in the second round are in group B so if I have a bunch of guys in group B and in group A with Netherlands and they both make it out of the group stage well they could run into each other in the round of 16 and they're getting eliminated. Someone's, right. eliminated. You're losing Someone's going home, yeah. So event, effectively, like what you're going to want to do after the group stage is start making pairs. Like you're going to want to pair two people per team to effectively like, all right, I need I need France to advance. And like you have Mbappe and Griezmann. So it's like as long as France advances, I have Mbappe and Griezmann. Then I'm going to go to the total other end of the spectrum with like the other side and be like, all right, I want Neymar and Marquinhos. So you can sort of just keep pairing stuff together. So as long as that team advances, you advance with people that are usable and good. Now, also, you're going to have to deal with injuries. But again, like the idea is to win. I don't care if I finish 10,050th. Like that does not matter. You're trying to win. So like if like let's say you play Neymar and Neymar breaks his leg in the first game. Okay, you lose. Like that is fine. That's going to happen. Like this is just going to happen. You can't avoid that. But like. If you're That's going to happen, meaning there will be an injury, not that Neymar is going to. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. You, you can use anyone else in that situation. So, like, it's a it's a situation where you, there's lots of ways to lose, and almost everyone is going to lose. There's only going to be one winner. So right. the whole idea is you need to be, be someone that at least gives yourself a shot to win, and by doing all these things that we're talking about, sort of like how you're going to give yourself a shot. Right. It it almost feels like what you really want to do is avoid mistakes as opposed to like that actually should be more part of your strategy than like, okay. how do I build the most optimal? It's like, Correct. let's eliminate how your lineup can fail. Correct. And the more that you can eliminate that, then the more paths. Correct. You have like realistically, like, right. Like your goaltender and your defender, like, let's say you play a goaltender in, in the first round, whoever your goaltender is, you can't pick anyone else in that group. Because you effectively right. want your goaltender to keep a clean sheet every week. So, like, you can't play someone. Like, I couldn't play Allison and then buy Dusan Tadic. Because right. I don't want Dusan Tadic to score when they're playing Allison. And if Dusan Tadic doesn't score, he's going to put up, like, 45. And that is not 
going to cut it. Right. Like so, the last thing you want is to have to rely on like all around points. Correct. In this competition. Correct. So the way that I currently did things was I went, I think forwards, forwards pretty clear cut. There are only five or so forwards that I think can realistically be the top, top end guys. And it's like Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, Griezmann. I would say Depay, but he's injured. So like, he's not going to be there. Like people are going to be like, Harry Kane. Well, like Harry Kane's just not going to cut it. Like you need Harry Kane to score like three goals a game, which he's probably just not going to do. Right. Like he could win the golden boot and be like the seventh scoring highest scoring forward. Yeah. So it just doesn't matter. Like, so like realistically, like to me, you need at least one of those forwards. If you don't have one of those forwards, you're just probably not going to win. Uh, obviously you want two, but if you're playing two of them, it's, it's tough, tough. Like, I guess Vinny Jr. Could be there. Vinny Jr. Starts every game and gets the AA that he gets at, at Real. Like it's definitely possible. Same thing with like Benzema, like Benzema is like going to score. Like France to me is probably the best team in the tournament, but their midfield's really weak. But if they score like a boatload of goals and Benzema is just on fire, like maybe that could play out. Um, but like, I mean, it's, it's basically looking at like the other guy, like if everyone's going to Mbappe, you can go to Benzema. If everybody uses Neymar, you can play Vinicius. Like, correct. So the way that I did approached forward is I went, I went contrarian with a way that no one has gone that I've seen. Do you want to guess what that is, Laird? I would guess fading all of these guys, but. I feel no. like I've seen some of those, so. I don't think you can fade all of them. Like, you can't play Raheem Sterling here unless you're Harry trades. I don't know who, I, I don't know. To get What would be a contrarian take involving these guys that you haven't seen? Having two of them, I guess. Yeah, but I've which seen two? people do that too. Oh, but which two? two? There's, one of the, there's one pair that I've not seen anyone have both of. Um, so I had both of them. I would guess Mbappe and Griezmann. Neymar and Messi. Or Neymar and Messi. Because no one's paying up twice at the forward position that I've seen. So I currently have in Neymar and Messi. Because to me, they're the clear two best forwards and people just aren't playing both. Right. So what would you do? And I do think there's some, I think there's some merit to going like Griezmann and Mbappe and just hope France plows right. and you get the correlation. And then you hope like Neymar and, and Messi get knocked out early. Um, so Glenn just said he has them both. So apparently I haven't seen Glenn's lineup thus far. Um, so Tuggy thinks that I'm losing one of Neymar or Messi in the knockout stage, which is possible. Like the beauty of those teams could get eliminated, but I mean, any literally any team could be eliminated in the knockout correct. stage. That's why they call it the knockout stage. Correct. All right, so midfielders. So, Laird, what are you doing? We're building out your team here, Laird. To be honest, I'm waiting until the last minute to build something. Like, I had no... I, I put a, a team together with Andy on Thursday, and I was I looked at it at the end, and I was like, yeah, this it looks awful, but that's fine. Correct. Like, the, I think the, the strategies that I kept going back to were kind of like, if everyone is playing this guy from this team who's the other guy I can take? Or like, if I think everyone is playing De Bruyne, do you play Modric? Or it was stuff like that. Like I I ended up without De Bruyne, without Kimmich, without, uh, probably without Neymar. 
Like I didn't go Mbappe, no Benzema. And it was just kind of like, I just wanted to avoid the guys that were probably just zeros. Yeah. <laughs> like, like not literal zeros, but like that they weren't going to do it. And I, the, the fun factor came into it with me. Like, I'm going to be completely honest that like when you pay up for a goalkeeper, now you're like, oh, I can't get whatever. And you're just like, well, this isn't fun. And that is why I think that strategy is the best strategy because no one, no one's doing it. Because if you are paying up goaltender, you're giving up these guys. Right. Like, again, like I am not doing it, but like no one's playing these guys. So if you're playing yeah, like Larice, like let's say you play Larice, you are probably in 1% of the field that has Larice. And then you just need to hope that you can win some of those other big cards. Right. Which could could happen. Um, so anyways, I wish Depay was healthy. If Depay was healthy, I would have just played Depay because he's I think he'd, he'd be one of the easiest plays if if they had him. What? I think he would be one of the easiest plays if he was available. Like, yeah, meaning like if, if he was available, would, like he was going to play. I don't think people would have him and he would be the third best forward. Yeah that there is behind Messi and Neymar. So yeah. like, I think that would have been a good way to save five. I would have, so like I will, at the end, you can see my live and you'll see what I would have probably had, but I don't know if it was contrarian enough. So I'm actually okay with how things are now. So midfield, I think there again is a clear group of midfielders um, to, uh, that you need to like probably have, because there's only a certain group that can just plow, right? And I think having penalties is very important because that gives you the upside, which is a knock against Kimmich because Kimmich in theory will not have penalties. But the mids that I think are like elite enough to have are Kimmich, who everyone's playing, De Bruyne, who everyone's playing, Modric, who not many people have, Christian Eriksen, who I've seen people have, and then obviously William Carvalho. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If Tuggy's here, Tuggy finally can gave up and, and lost. He was here earlier. He was here earlier, but Tuggy, uh, Tuggy, Tuggy finally paid up on the bet. Um, so there is one other person that is an elite level mid that I knew about. Someone told me, but like, we'll see if you can guess who it is. It's not someone you're going to know off the top of your head, probably. But like their scores are incredibly good and you can go look at what they do for their national team. Is it Shakiri? It is not, but Shakiri in theory could be that guy. Yeah, I can assure you I would never have him. But so I will say you I bet it's not Kai Havertz. You have you have one of the four mids that I said he is on their team layer. One of the four mids is on Oh, Shakiri's team? No, no, no. The the fifth guy that I'm thinking of that has elite level upside is on one of the teams of Modric, Kimmich. Oh. De Bruyne and Erickson. Um, so if you want to search through those teams, you can look through those teams. Yeah, I would uh, actually just go right to. Um, anyways, is it Perisic? It is not Perisic. No, I don't know. Just Pierre Emil Hoiberg. Oh, silly. He scores incredibly well for Denmark, and no one's going to play him. Yeah, I so assume look, play him. Yes. Pull, pull up Sower Data Laird and let's go look at, at Hoiberg in general. And the reason is no one even knows really about what he does in general because of the fact that he's on Spurs. Who he's is on a, a, yeah, unlicensed team. But 
look at what he does for Denmark. And you'll be like, okay, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like you're you're you got a guy that's putting up like a hundred against France and Austria and a bunch of other good games. Now here's the thing with him. He is not the most likely to score a goal or mm-hmm. get decisive. So that is the negative with him. However, when he does get it decisive, he has a pretty good shot to put up like 80 to 90 points. Yep. And he's obviously a nice differential to Erickson. Correct. A good differential to Erickson, a good <clears throat> differential to these other guys that aren't going to play. Um, anyways, he's someone that's that's pretty good. So, so Surface just said... You don't play him against Lloris, though. Well... I mean, I'm just saying in general, Blair. We're just talking about people. Every individual, any player we're talking about here is in general. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying, would you, if you had Larice, would you play Hoiberg? No. If you yeah. have Larice, you cannot play Pierre Emile Hoiberg. So, Surface yeah. or says Jackson Rice averaged 60 points a game during the last six international games. That is not going to cut it. 60 will absolutely not cut it if you want to be up near the top of the leaderboards in this. But 60 with a guy that's not going to score goals is just not going to cut it at all. Um, so like, that's just a guy that like, I literally wouldn't even consider for a second. Um, like this, that's not going to do it. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not going to cut it. So like, there's just no way that a player like this can cut it. Um, there are obviously other guys that are like just coming in that maybe could cut it. Like Rascal mentioned Musiala. Is Musiala forward or mid on this? He's a forward. So like if Musiala plays and like played every game and was like locked in and he could be really good, like maybe the issue is the forward pool is pretty clear cut. Like Lionel Messi against Saudi Arabia is probably going to put up a hundred points. Um, just going to say this. And like, I just, people don't understand that, that like average games aren't going to cut it. If you want to truly compete for a top end leaderboard prize, you need yep. Average massive scores. Yeah, I actually think Musiala could be popular. For sure. And the problem is, is like he could not play or he could be pretty mediocre, which if mm. in those situations, like that is not cutting it. You need guys that are going to absolutely smack. And then like, obviously, like maybe you need a, a cover player every here and there. Um, so Glenn mentioned, and this is true, like this is totally true. He's worried about having like a big five where you have no depth and being screwed for game week three. It's 100% true, but you could say that about literally any card you're going to play. Any card you're going to play could be in a situation where they have the group locked up by the last game week and then they just don't play. And then you're just sort of screwed. Like you can get through if you have like one person that like can cover. So like, for example, a good person that I have that, um, can cover in theory for one game is Matt. I have Matty Cash. Matty Cash is going to start for Poland. He's going to be the fullback. Do I want to play Matty Cash? No, not at all. But like, am I pretty convinced Matty Cash will play games? Yes. Yeah. So like, if I get to a point where my other defender doesn't play for the group stage, I could plug him in for one game and maybe get lucky and keep, keep myself afloat, right? Like all you're hoping for in that situation is just keeping yourself afloat. And that's all I care about. I, I think there's also the possibility that match day three is not as high scoring. Like if we have a ton of stars who are just sitting and, and frankly, it doesn't happen as much as people are making it seem like I do think one of the, one of the things we're going to run into is that 
the five sub rule is available yeah. for this World Cup. And we could see guys, you know, if they get up ahead, you know, if they get up early, they rest guys in order to like have them more uh more available in subsequent games. Like this is a mid-season competition. Like we don't it's, there's no we've never had one like this. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that we saw teams kind of sub a lot just to make sure that their yeah. players stay fresh because they're coming off of the fact, I mean, they played literally this past weekend. <laughs> so like for their club teams. And so the like overly planning for match day three. Yeah. Just in case somebody sits like there are just a lot of like things that have to happen for those things to actually occur. And you don't want to handicap, um, you don't want to handicap yourself in game in match day one, just so you're like, well, at least I have all my guys for match day three. And then it turns out you won guys that you can use anyway. And so yeah. it's like, and, well, and that's like the thing too, is like yellow card accumulation is, is something as well, but like, you just can't, you can't control that stuff. Right. The only thing you can control is making yourself as good of a team as possible. That if everything goes right, you can win. Yep. That's literally all you can do. And I think that the, the pass in which we're talking about, give yourself that opportunity. Um, and it's just a matter of, can you succeed with what you're, you're having? Cause like a lot of people aren't going to play every minute. Like I will say like the lineup that I built the most necessary thing for my lineup is like, I have Luka Modric. That's who I played. His matchup against Morocco isn't the best, but it's pretty good, but he's old as shit. Like, He's actually older than me. Obviously, no one's as old as you, but like he's, it, he's, he's well younger than me. So yeah, don't he's worry. Well about younger it. than you, but like he's actually older than me, which there's not many people out there that are older than me. Um, but like I would really like to have a midfielder that is an option to use outside of Modric. But the lineup that I built makes the most sense going that path. Because the, the lineups I saw a lot of people were doing where they were not spending up twice at forward. They were going like Mbappe and Messi or like Griezmann and, and Messi or whatever and Messi. Or, and like people weren't playing Neymar and Glenn explains why. So Brazil's group is harder than these other groups. Like Brazil isn't playing the Saudi Arabia team, who's probably the worst team in the tournament. Um, but like... I would like to get a midfielder that is a better option for me than just Modric. And like, also like, so I have, like I said, I have Matty cash. If I have to play Matty cash, I can, and he's going to play. Yep. And that would at least keep me afloat. The was midfielder I have. Like that? I remember him being pretty cheap. Matty cash was six. Yeah. Six. So I, I have, I have Matty cash. I have the Glenn, Glenn, I'll just show my team. You can tell me if it's the same team. I'm pro- I could change it like up till till the start, but so I have Bijlo in net. So we'll go with goalies. So I'm you're like com- completely convinced he's the starter. Uh, I think he's the starter. I'd be pretty surprised if he's not the starter. So I have Bijlo and whoever the Qatar goalie is, Sahad El Shabab or whatever his name was. I have no idea what his name is. Well, just sort by sort by Qatar. Yeah, that guy. Saad El Sad. And you know why I have him layered? Because he's probably their starter. And that if I get to a point where Beach Lowe doesn't play the last group stage game, I can play him and maybe keep myself afloat. It's not unrealistic. He's actually pretty solid. I mean, it's also not completely out of the realm of possibilities that they advance. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I real definitely sketchy really- shit is gonna happen. <laughs> and if they advance, like that is 
great because it just gives you like am i planning on playing him no but like if i have to i can all right midfielders i have modric and then i have whatever five dollar qatari mid that has a pitcher mustafa Tarek, i think is his name. <laughs> that's a picture <laughs> yeah well he had a picture so uh, yeah mustafa Tarek. he's five and i don't expect him to even play okay and then i have jurian timber and uh maddie cash how close yeah. how close glenn and the reason so the reason i have this right is if timber sits for a game it seems by the way that timber's also locked in that's why i said like things could change if like pass fear is the goalie like obviously i'll change the pass fear if i don't get word on who the goalie is then maybe i'll change things up and go um a cheaper mid instead of modric and then i'll go up to like Livakovic or something i don't know yep. but timber pairs with bijelow and i can't play depai because depai is injured so like i'm basically pairing up the netherlands to hopefully advance because if the Netherlands advance, then I'm in good spot. And so Glenn, Glenn said he has Bijlow, Saliba, Kimmich, Neymar, and Messi with Cash as his sixth man. So the issue with that is like, I don't know if Saliba's going to play it. So Glenn might take himself out before the tournament even starts. I don't know. I could take myself out. Like, I'm not positive Timber's going to start. But they came out and said, like, DeLict is like the backup left center back for uh, Ake. So if he's the back of left center back, there's no one else on the right. So it should be Timber. So we'll yeah. see. Um, but I would obviously love to have Virgil van Dyke, but I can't have Virgil van Dyke. Um, and then, so like if Timber, let's say, misses game week three, I can play Maddie Cash and I can survive. Sure. And let's say Bijlow is out game week three, I can play Al Saab and survive in theory, possibly. So, like, my whole idea is, like, I paired the guys from the Netherlands. In the event they sit on the game week three, I have two guys that can play and cover them. The person that I cannot cover for is Modric. Yeah. Because I, I, there's not a $5 mid that plays. <clears throat> yep. Um, now, that said, like, maybe there will be more cheaper guys that become apparent and starters, and maybe it does make sense to go somewhere else. But, like, this is the whole point with, like, people aren't really playing Neymar Messi because if you play Neymar Messi together – it is a bit rough. Do you think more people? So actually, let me, before I go into that question, I was talking to someone else who was trying to put a team together and they were like, who is the best defender to have for the world cup? Like if, if you had one lineup, like if you were making a limited or rare lineup for the world cup and you wanted to go as far as possible and you have, you have your budget for a defender and it was like what defender do you get and i didn't really have like a an immediate answer you know like i feel like if someone's like who's a really good forward and it's like well there are a bunch of them and you can get you know neymar messi mbappe whatever and the defender or the midfielder's like yeah you get de bruyne or modric or Kimmich. like that's that's what you can get and the defender it's like i guess it's van dyke but like, do you expect them to go far? You know, if you don't expect them to go far enough in the tournament, then, like, who do you go? Where do you go? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult, like, right? Like, the defender, you you want, like, a defender to have a chance to be pretty good. And, like, you want them to go decently far in the tournament, but you also want them to not really have tons of difficult matchups. So, like, for example, that's why I was kind of locked in with, like, Netherlands stuff. 
because like Netherlands group is pretty favorable, all things considered. Like they have Qatar, Ecuador, and Senegal, none of which are difficult matches where you're like, oh, this is awful. And then uh, you get out of group and you're playing someone in group B, which is England, Iran, USA, and Wales. All of those teams are incredibly mediocre. Yep. The only thing you really care about is like getting to the final eight, right? Like if I get to the final eight, then I'm in a pretty good spot where at that point you probably, in that point in theory, you are able to bring in multiple more defenders and multiple more goalies. So it doesn't really matter. So the only real plan is to get to the final eight. Whereas like, so like Argentina. All right. So we'll start with like England, right? England. Yeah. Their guys would be okay. So like, I don't mind them, but if you win, if you finish second in the group, you play the Netherlands and in theory, and they are pretty decent. Not to mention, like, I just don't think England's that great. And Southgate just makes them be as losers as possible. As but last, last though, they're, they're better, like, they're a defensive side. So, like, right. I get taking their defenders. Correct. Like, I whatever. Like, I get it. You can do it. Sure. Like, realistically, you can do whatever you want in goalie and defense. Like, you can do whatever you want. Um, Argentina. You know why I don't like the Argentina's defense as much as possible? Because in the round of 16, they will play either France or Denmark. Both are good teams. Yeah. Uh, similarly, like France or Denmark could finish second and they will likely draw Argentina in the round of 16. And if you get that situation, like I'm not like fist pumping my goaltender and defender against like Lionel Messi. Like that's yeah. not great. Right. Um, if I go down to like Spain, like the Co- Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan, that's just kind of a difficult group. So I'm not like super in love with that. Belgium, Croatia, Canada, and Morocco. I'm okay with that. The issue is, is you're getting the winner or second place in group B, which is going to at least be a decent team. And then at the bottom, this is probably the other ones I like the best. So like you have Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. That group is okay, but it's not like, oh, this is like the group of death type of situation. When that group is like at least okay. And then Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea, that's a pretty weak group overall. So like, if I was looking for defenders to go with, I would probably either go Virgil van Dyke. I would probably either go Marquinhos or I would go with Joao Cancelo. The issue is I'm not sure if Cancelo is as good with Portugal as what he does for city. And like, people are acting like he is what he is for city. And I just don't think that's going to be the case here. I mean, he's not the best player on the platform. Correct. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he's the best player on the platform. Like, he's still good for Portugal, but like, you'll see, like, he's less great. <clears throat> Again, like, is he good? Yeah. But like, terrible against Spain, wasn't good against Switzerland, was okay in the rest of the games. But like, even the other Spain game, like, he wasn't great. Um, so he, he's pretty good. So, like, yeah. if you were just like telling me, like, you have unlimited salary, pick your favorite defender, I'm probably picking. Either Virgil van Dyke, Cancelo, or Tim Ream. Tim Ream, definitely Tim Ream. <laughs> so, like, I think I think there's definitely a couple clear cut best defenders, but they're priced like it. Like they're they're priced like it. Like if I had if I had a salary, like I would be fine playing um, Virgil van Dyke. Like he pairs fantastically with Bijlow. You have absolutely no no question whether Virgil Van Dyke is going to play. Right. Um, similar like like Odomendi and stuff like those guys can be fine too, if 
they go. And like, like I said, realistically, you're trying to get yourself to like the round of eight. And if you can get yourself to the round of eight. So like actually, yes, a Tuggy just mentioned Aaron Long. There are some $6 defenders like Chris Meefum and Aaron Long and stuff that can be productive. I just think Poland is probably in a better chance to advance spot than that of the USA or Wales. Like they're all probably pretty similar though. That's why I just had Maddie Cash. Plus, I'm like very convinced Maddie Cash plays, whereas like Aaron Long could get replaced by Tamarine pretty easily. Yeah, like Aaron Long starts and you're like, oh. So Sober Malta just said uh you could get Ake instead of Virgil Van Dyke for three cheaper. My counter to that is I would rather just get Timber, who's better for two cheaper than Ake. And also Ake has a direct competition for his um, unless Ake is 10, maybe he meant you can get Ake for cheaper. Oh no. Yeah. So Ake's probably, I'd rather just get Timber who is not questionable. Like Delict could easily come in for Ake yeah. and then Ake and then you you lose. So like, that's why I don't have Ake. Like pretty much the way I was doing things. Like I would have looked at one of the French defenders, but I'm not sure who's going to start every Yeah, That's such a tough one. Yeah. The whole idea with these guys you're, you're picking here is you need to expect them to play three games out of three games in the group. That is what you need to expect out of them. Obviously, you can't factor in the uh, the the like sitting out in third games or yellow card accumulation. Yeah. You can't do that stuff. Uh, so Alan just said, "Is Timber a safe starter?" From everything I've read, it seems like Timber starting at right center back, and it's pretty clear like that's Timber's spot. Whether or not that's true, I don't know, uh, but that's been pretty much what I've read thus far with everything. Yeah, I like, so like, that's like, would I love to play Upa Makano? Yeah, hundred percent, I'd love to play Makano, but like. Is Upa Makano going to play? I'm not sure. Same thing with like Veron. Like you can yeah. play Veron, but like Veron could sit. Like then you just lose. Um, so anyways, those were sort of like the the thought processes I have through things. Yeah, no, I think I think that makes a ton of sense. It, it does feel like a little bit more of a survive and advance at some point that than anything else. But maybe that's just once we get to the knockout stage that I really. I, I completely believe that SoRare will like provide rewards of teams that are still in the competition. Well, I would <laughs> so, like at least you'll be able to like benefit from additional players. But I don't know. We'll see what yeah. like how that actually affects your lineups as you move on. So there actually is more discussion about Timber not starting and like they could play Devrage or they could play Delict at right center back too. It's all possible. That's why I said like it's not. I'm not like in love with playing Timber. He's the guy that I would like to get out. Sebastian actually makes a good point about what about playing uh, Denmark guys that are cheaper. Totally an option. Um, so so Short is pretty convinced that DeVries will, is better than Timber and Delict. I think Timber is the guy that they're anticipating to start. Whether or not that is actually true, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, and again, like that, maybe you guys have persuaded me to get off of Timber and find someone else uh, to play. So that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, nothing's updated yet, I don't think, like with final rosters, right? Like, I don't think things are updated on SOAR or SOAR data. Yeah, there's still, I thought I just saw the Spain official squad come out and it was kind of funny to see it without David De Gea, even though he doesn't start for them anymore anymore. True. Like, I'm, I'm assuming for Denmark, like Simone Kayer is on the, their squad. I, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't like fully looked. That's really everyone... A lot of people are talking about like everything is like, oh my God, this and this and this. I'm like, I don't know. We have like a week to like a good example. So here's a good example of what everyone's talking about with Netherlands. Do you know why I like Netherlands so much, Laird? No, I don't. They are in group A. Group A plays the first game of every game week every time. 
So every single game week, I will likely have an idea of who will be starting for the Netherlands. Mm. Whereas like group G is the last game of the game week. you're going to have no idea or have any team news of who's going to be playing. So like that was another indication of like why I won in Netherlands, because if I get news that like Timber is starting and that Bijlo is starting, I can at least feel confident that they are going to start game one. Similarly, like if I get, if I have them by game two, it's going to be like, or let's say they're like Timbers not playing game two and we'll be back for game three. I'll plot Matty Cash in for one game yeah. week and hopefully he puts up an okay enough game to, to keep me alive. I think one of my favorite things is you saying you were going to play Timber and then everybody in the chat putting out their predictions of the back line here and <laughs> everyone's is different. That, that's why Virgil van Dyke's such a good play, right? That's why you're right. Right. No that's, there's no question there, at least. He's like, that guy's starving. So like, I think there's uh, there's definitely situations like that that is going to be the case. Yeah. And that's like, I, I think that there's a lot of merit in paying up at um, goaltender and defender spots because I don't think a lot of people are going to do it. I think, and just the way that the salary cap works, points cap, whatever it is, like you're going to differentiate just from that move because you're right. not going to be able to get certain guys that cost more because they just don't fit. And so it's not like one of these things where you're like, okay, if I don't get Neymar, let me get Vinicius. And then, but like, if you just start at goalkeeper, get one that's expensive that nobody's going to play. And meaning nobody's going to play because they're expensive, not because they're bad. Then just the path that you go on in terms of your lineup build just brings you to one that's different than everybody else. Well, yeah. Like another thing is like, we're talking like, I, all right. Right. Like I am pretty confident Lionel Messi is going to put up a massive game in game week one. But like I'm also pretty confident like a lot of people are gonna play Lionel Messi. So right. that's a you could play a cheaper midfielder and just hope that they have a really good game week one and then hope you win a different midfielder going forward yeah. that like allowed you to get the rest of the stuff. Cause like you could play like here's a good example. Like Piotr Zelensky's eleven. In in theory, Zelensky could have a good game. Like they play Mexico. I don't think Mexico is that good. Could Zelensky get like 80 points where he like gets a decisive and, and ends up there? Yeah. So like you can play him instead of like a Modric frees up $6. You can spend that $6 elsewhere. Hopefully you get, um, hopefully you win like a Kimmick or a Modric. And then all sure. of a sudden you don't have to play Zelensky anymore after game week one. So like there's tons of, of options. Like, I mean, I think, I think actually Weston McKenney is like eight and Weston McKenney is pretty good for the USA. So, like, am I thinking Weston McKinney's a great play? No, of course I'm not playing Weston McKinney, like, long-term. I don't want him long-term in the tournament. But can Weston McKinney, like, bag me an 80 game week one? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, possibly. Like, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Yeah, he's eight. So, like, Noah Lang's a midfielder. Why is Noah Lang a midfielder? That's silly. That, that doesn't make much sense. But, like, yeah, if you just look through the list of, of guys, like, there are people you can play that are a bit cheaper – and you just hope that they give you that good week and that or that good game. And then all of a sudden you upgrade after that and get in some new people. Like someone's got to start for France in the midfield, right? That's a like, real tricky one though. Like, yeah. When Doozy's like 10, like someone could totally have. So, so NJM just talked about shooting. Yeah. And does he have the upside? I don't know if he has the upside. That's my, my concern about it, but maybe, maybe for one game, you don't necessarily need tournament long upside. You need someone that like, Luck box is a goal in game week one. I'm, I'm just saying the way that that team 
is set up. Like if you're thinking like I need some France upside and you're like, but I'm going to do it without Mbappe, Benzema and Griezmann. I'm, I'm just not sure that's the build. No, I agree with that. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's just, uh, there's just people that are, that are playable guys that are a bit cheaper. Like Hoiberg or Hoiberg's 14. We just talked about how good Hoiberg can be. And if he gets a decisive against Tunisia, which is possible, sure. then Hoiberg ends up really good. And then, I'll, oh, all of a sudden you just win Kimmich and you can play Kimmich going forward. Yeah. So like it just all depends. The issue is I just, we don't know how they're going to give out prizes. So if, so Sora Malta just said Thomas party at nine is a good cheap option. He's not, he's not going to cut it. Like no one realistically at like, at those price points are going to cut it because they're just not good enough to really put up an upside name and you need upside names. Like, I mean, I guess in theory, everyone can get a goal and luck box a goal for like one game. So it's possible. But like, I mean, if I look at Thomas party, I'm like, this is a guy I can't play any game and be comfortable with. Which is not really someone I want to pay nine on. I can just pay five and get some turd like yeah. that. Against against Portugal in the first game, no less. Yeah, it's just not it's just not someone that I think makes any sense. Like a lot of these guys don't make any sense. Like tons of them don't make any sense. That's why they're cheap. That's why they're cheap. Like it's pretty but like to win, I don't think they're going to make very much sense. Right. Right. Like Tyler Adams. Like Tyler Adams is locked in, not gonna play every game for the USA, will probably be like mediocre. That's not going to cut it. So Alan just said Kunde is a good center back for 12. Kunde could not play a game and you have no chance from day one. Yeah. So it's just a like, do you want to risk having no chance immediately day one by playing Kunde? Probably not, which therefore rules out Kunde. But then as you go, like, okay, Kunde plays the first, second, and third game. And you're like, all right, Kunde is locked in. You bring him in in the additional acquisitions of the round of 16 group. So like, I think a lot of what you're doing is the guys you're taking here are locked in starters that can smash. And then you're going to look at bringing in some guys in the round of 16 that maybe you had question marks on before the tournament, like a Timber or a sure. uh, Kunde or a Willie Carvalho type guy that you're like, this guy makes sense. <sighs> uh, I'm so George just asked how confident I am that Bijlow is the starter. I'm not, but like I just said, I'm confident that we will know. I feel pretty confident we will know Netherlands game one lineup on before the deadline. Before the deadline, which yeah. is a massive <clears throat> advantage. Which is again why I like Denmark or why I like Netherlands because every single game week you will hypothetically know their lineup and know if you need to plug someone else in. It's at least the closest one to know. Correct. I, I, like, I think so group A and B. Group A and B are like the first games every single game week. Like, let me pull up the matches for the World Cup yeah. here. But it's just and, like, it's, it's as simple as if you have like a regular so rare weekend correct. game week. And it's like, if you have a team that plays Friday, you're probably getting the information better than the team that plays on Monday. Correct. So it's more of a like, that's why I like, I would love to have guys in group B, but group B just kind of is like that loser group that like anyone can advance. No one's going to be real dominant. Uh, Luis just asked how much that Bijelow costs, and Bijelow costs eight. Uh, Shore just said Louis Van Gaal said he'll start. So, to me, the reason why I think Bijelow is going to start is because they left off Flecken and they left off uh, Sillison. And I think they did that to like be like, Bijelow's our guy. There's no question. Like, there's no, like, if you had like Chelsea there and you start Bijelow and he's a bit rocky game one, I think it would be like, oh, are you going to start Chelsea in game two? And by having those guys not there, the the question sort of dissipates a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like not as much of a – because like the, the thing is the World Cup is like 
three games effectively. Like, you have to get out of the group. So like it is three games. If you have two bad games, you're eliminated. Like it just is what sure. it is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is not much time to like move people around and move things in and out. So like if someone is starting game one, they are more than likely the starter going forward, unless there's an injury or unless there's like a game where the it stuff just doesn't matter. What do you think somebody just brought up the possibility of playing both Bilo and Passphere? So I think that there is viability to it. The issue with it is I just don't think it's justifiable to spend the funds on it. But when you look at it, like if you are not playing Bijlo and you are playing like anyone else and you're going like goaltender, every other goaltender, like I think the most realistic other goaltender is like Libakovic, who's 10. Yeah. So like there's no difference in price between Bijlo and and Passphere together than there is between um live a coverage and a six dollar goaltend like it's the same thing the only difference is that like you said like there's a possibility that qatar advances like qatar's not that bad i've heard a lot of people say qatar is absolutely terrible yeah they're they're like not they're not even the worst team in there yeah they're not that bad um so i just i and then also mike says if you if you handcuff your keeper you can't pick anyone else from that country um, so I, I think it's going to be Bijlow. I'd be pretty surprised at this point if it's not Bijlow. I have questions about who the center backs are going to be, but I also think that there won't be tons of rotation, um, on a lot of these teams for the most part at center back. There will be obviously rotation like in the midfield where like yeah. guys rotate out, but like I, I find it hard to believe that like the Netherlands are going to start like Van Dyke, Ake, and Timber, and then like game two, they're going to start. Van Dyke, DeVry, and yeah, that's yeah, and and DeLick. Like, it just seems unrealistic. Agreed, agreed completely. There, like, so George just said Qatar could sneak a clean sheet against Ecuador or Senegal, they could sneak a clean sheet against the Netherlands. Typically, in these international tournaments, like, if you look up the betting odds on all these games, like, the betting odds on all these games are not that massive for any game. Like, I think the biggest, I actually. Um, let me go to Pinnacle real quick and see like who the biggest favorite is. My guess is it's probably France against Australia. The first one is it's Argentina against Saudi Arabia. Is that the biggest of the whole tournament? Oh, well, or, I'm talking the whole tournament. That's my second guess. It's, it's either that game or France against uh, Australia is my like biggest favorite. So Argentina is a two goal favorite. They're minus 552 in game one. Spain is minus 537 against Costa Rica in, yeah. in game week in the game one. Yeah. And, and then, then it's France and then England. Netherlands is minus. I have it on the screen here for you. It's, uh, it's all done. This is for the whole tournament? Uh, no, no, no. This is just match week one. Why do we have. Oh, I mean, the odds are going to change from. Yes and no. Talking, the two biggest favorites over the whole tournament looking at Pinnacle, and they have every group stage game, are. Argentina against Saudi Arabia and Spain against Costa Rica. Those are the two biggest of the whole tournament. Right. And those are the, those are in match week one, match day yeah. one. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like France is not as big of a favorite against Australia. It's like third or fourth. Um, so like if Qatar, like the thing is, is like Qatar doesn't need to, to hold a clean sheet necessarily. Like they could put, their goalie could put up like 60 against Netherlands goal against Netherlands without a clean sheet. Because, like, sure. it is not likely in any of these games 
that there's going to be a bunch of goals. Like, yeah, obviously there's going to be a lot of goals in some game, but like we're used to seeing like these games in weeks of like normal game weeks, the biggest total period, the only total in the entire world cup group stage that hits three is Qatar Netherlands. Every other game has an expected goal total below three. Yeah. So it means every single goaltender you play does not matter. Does is not expected to score three goals or give up yep. three goals. Concede three. Yeah. Yeah, like it's not even close. Like it's not even close to anyone uh, expected to allow three goals. And and theoretically, the save upside on some of these guys is massive. Yeah, and the save upside is like huge. Like if, if all these teams are going to put on shots, because like a lot of the thing is like most of these teams that are not as good bunker defensively and just take eat shots from like thirty yards that are pretty easily savable. Yep. Um. So like you definitely are going to have. There are definitely going to be some goalies that put up some big save outputs that are on bad teams. Like it's not unrealistic that we see like a goaltender from a bottom end nation be one of the better goaltenders from points per game average. Absolutely. Yeah. They're just dead after three games though. <laughs> yeah. But like it, that's all you need it for realistically. Sure. So that's all that, that really matters. That's why like goaltender, I'm just not that worried about. And especially if you get Bijelow at eight, that that's the issue with playing Bijelow though. Like in my opinion, Bijelow should be the most, if he starts, if they, Again, if it's like concrete, Bijelow is the guy he's going to start for the Netherlands. Bijelow, in theory, should be the highest owned goalie, peer, actually player. He should be the highest owned player in this whole competition. Whether or not he will be, I don't know, but he should be. Yeah, he should be. Absolutely. Uh, I have one last question before we we finish up here. It seems like you don't follow hockey anymore. I do to an extent, but not as much. And yet... I don't think I've ever heard you use the term goalkeeper as opposed to goaltender. And it's really amazing to me how much soccer you watch and you keep saying goaltender. I grew up watching hockey. I watched hockey and worked in hockey. I I've been around hockey for like 25, 30 years. So it's like, it's not an easily removable term for me. That's fair. That's fair. Thank you to everybody who has joined us live in the chat. Hopefully we uh, hit up all the questions that you guys had at least around strategy as opposed to specific players but Luis, Luis has asked this question a couple of times so we'll answer it. he asked my opinion on Molina for Argentina I don't know if he's going to start every game so I, I can't really go there yeah that, that's my I mean he could I'm not as in tune on that team as others but like it's just hard for me to look at Argentina and then be like oh Lissandra Martinez isn't going to play yeah because I think he's their best center back so like it's hard for me to like look at that and be like, he's not going to play. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I think just the further we get, or the, excuse me, the closer we get to the start of the tournament, I think we'll get at least a little more information of Correct. most likely lineups. And I, I think a lot of these teams are going to have pretty good ideas of what their lineups are going to yeah. be. And then, but the thing is like, you also have to look at a lineup and be like, this is more than likely the lineup. And I don't really have to worry about certain spots. And then there's going to be like guys you're like, all right, this guy's in the lineup probably, but it's not a concrete spot. And for the group stage, I really think you're getting guys that are concrete locked in starters. Yeah. I, th I think the more you say things like if he starts, then yeah. you probably should go somewhere else. Correct. That, I agree. If you, if you have a question of if he starts at all, move on. Yeah. I just think that's, and then like, that's like, I went into this was pretty confident with Timber. Chat has made me less confident with Timber. So like there's a chance that I go in and like, I'm not as into Timber. Now that said, again, I talked about it. The reason I like them is because I will likely have the Netherlands lineup every single game yeah. week, I think, 
And I cannot say that about a lot of the other teams in the tournament. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, if you guys have not hit the like button on the video, if you could please do that, that's always really helpful and appreciated. That's for everybody who watching live or the replay here. And if you are listening to the audio version, if you could please rate and review the podcast, wherever you take that in as a reminder, if you're listening on Spotify, the video is also available there. So if any time we pull up something on the screen, you can pull that up uh, through Spotify. So I'll be back later this week with Andy for Sawyer Andrews. I guess we'll have, no, the tournament will have started already by the time that Sean and I are back, but I'm sure that we'll jump into some more Global Cup action next week. So good luck to everybody with their contests, with their lineup, excuse me, and um, we'll see you next week.